This podcast is brought to you by Hodgepodge Productions. Enjoy and frown this. Hey, this is Cole Jones, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. This is Richard Schroeder, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hey, it's Derek Norsworthy, and you're listening to the Hodgepodge Podcast. Hello, everyone. It is Murph from Jokers. I'm here in my hotel room. There's my blankie. These things are not important. Here's what is. You've made a choice to listen to the HodgePodge podcast. Not a bad choice, my friend. You are making good decisions in life. Subscribe now and anywhere that podcasts are available. Bye. I'm going to go back to cuddling from a blankie. Ladies and gentlemen, it's HodgePodge time. All right, welcome to episode 143 of the HodgePodge podcast. It's D-Hodge here. Uh, just like you know, you know that. So on the podcast today, we have Alejandro Medina. This guy is the bass guitarist for Riley Green. Uh, he is the owner of Third Line Productions. This guy is a cool man. He, he is a cool cat. He um, talks moving from Texas to Nashville, and finally after five years, he gives up and goes back home. You're going to hear what encouraged him to go back. And you're going to hear how he became friendly with Riley Green and what finally got him to join Riley's band and what it's like as a band member to score a number one song. You're also going to hear, we, we, we talk Avengers, we talk Marvel. He asked me a question about Spider-Man and I go into this long thing and we talk Marvel. So we also talk Brad Paisley, uh, how Brad Paisley um, took him out go-karting and also took him to a movie that's kind of cool so yeah he talks being a cheerleader in college and being a cheerleading and cheerleading instructor let me get that out correctly uh throughout college so this is a good episode 143 alejandro medina you can go follow him at at alejandro underscore medina underscore three on instagram uh, thirdlinesproductions.com you want to go check out the merch and all the artists that he does so here we go episode 143 of the hodgepodge podcast it is alejandro medina so yeah, oh, really? yeah yeah it's hot it's like 90 degrees here so yeah doing yard work this morning and then coming in here doing this podcast it's like ah it's hot now i gotta <laughs> Hey, I feel you, man. It's it's like that sometimes. And I do want to apologize real quick, um, because we're actually recording right now. If you don't want any of these on here, I can actually take it off. But um, I'd like to apologize to you in person, um, because of the cancellation I had to do. Uh, my my dog uh, had an emergency, and so I had to take him to the vet. And so I would like to apologize <laughs> for that. For um, the, uh, oh, no worries, man. You gotta you gotta gotta look out for the old pup, man. Yeah, man. It turned out he was just dehydrated. Um, I don't know how. Um, you know, I, I guess I guess it just got too hot out there, and they just finally just collapsed because they're inside dogs. I guess they just went out there and ran around and got too hot at one point. Yeah, it's been pretty hot, man. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was just something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Well, is he doing a little better? Dude, he's actually back to his regular self. I would say he's maybe close to back being a hundred percent. Yeah. So, like, they were, um, to the vet, they were like, that's going to cost you, like, $400, but we want to keep him 24 hours. They gave him a bag, and I was like, look, for $400, I can take him two counties over, and they'll keep him and give him ten times more medicine than you guys will. You're just closer, so I need 
something to take home with me. And so they gave me some, just, I mean, a big old bag of um, some kind of fluid. And you're supposed to give it to him in his shoulder. But, man, when he would do that, he would just whine. I was like, I'm just going to give it to him through his mouth, like make him drink yeah. it. And uh, once he did that, dude, it was actually, he's actually better now. I put, like, the clear Pedialyte in his water. So yeah. Yeah, he's actually doing really, really well now. So I appreciate you asking. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. I'm glad to hear you're doing a little better. All right. So welcome to the podcast. Um, I know we've been going on a couple more minutes. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, I got Alejandro Medina on here at Alejandro underscore Medina underscore three. This guy's the bass guitarist for Riley Green. Riley Green, you may know that uh, that song that goes, There was this girl. Da, 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 something like that. <laughs> right? Am I, am I close? Like <laughs> um, he's also the owner of Third Lines Productions. Um, so that is actually your production company, am I correct? From music? That's it. Yeah, that's it. And you, under that yeah. production company, you have guys like Austin Bishop and Asher Cataldo, which has been on the podcast before. Yeah. Yeah. So, I got those guys working with me right now. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, actually working with them. Pretty soon too. Uh, Zach Donegan, we actually just got cut, cutting his uh, his next EP. Right. Um, so that's coming out pretty soon too. Probably like next month. And we got Ooh. another single coming out with Austin. And then we got a whole man. I got a whole EP on deck with Asher that we just haven't put out. Right. Let me know when you get um that new EP out, dude, and I'll promote it on here, and I'll um tell everybody to go listen to it. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, which, well, I guess any of them or? Any of them, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had, yeah, um, when Asher came on, I promoted his EP, pe- played um, a few songs from or a couple clips from it because the copyright on uh, on Apple Podcasts is nuts. I mean, you only play like 15 to 30 seconds of a song as long as you're talking about it. So it's like, man. But yeah, any of them like Austin or Asher, they get any new ones out or the new guy you got, Zach, coming out, just let me know, dude, and I'll promote the crap out of it. Play Play a play a clip or two from it, and we'll get it. Started. Yeah, dude. That'd, yeah, that'd be great, man. I'll definitely. Yeah, you'll be the person to hear. Bring it back when we get off. I'll send you the. Uh, I'll send you the link with the uh, with a whole bunch of files. That way you can start. Uh, you know, at least check it out, get a feel for it, man. I think I think we got some good stuff. Um, Asher, Asher EP. We we actually recorded this one before the Need to Be EP. Really. But yeah, and then when we started, when we started, uh, when we started like mixing the Need to Be EP, right. like that song, like for some reason we were just like, man, like I really want to put this out right now, and I was like, yeah, I really want to put that out right now too. So, you know, we went out of order, and, and I don't regret it at all, man. I think it's a good, I think it was a good little EP, and, and this next one's gonna be, this next one has more production, it has like way more, like it, it's got more going on. You know, Asher told me a story about the Need to Be EP, about how he has a song like Untitled Number 3 or whatever it was. And it was cool yeah. because he didn't have the song titled. His brother had written it and was just writing them so quick that he'd just leave them untitled and then just number them one through however many. And 
that you were trying to figure out a name for the song, and then it turned out he was just like, let's just leave it like it is. It would have a more clickbait of a feel. And, and to me, it did. That was the first one I listened to it when I was getting him on the podcast. That was the first one I clicked because I was like, Untitled. This has to be at least yeah. like a skit or a comedy or something like that. But no, it was actually legit. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. It's, um, that's, that song ended up being like super, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite things we did. Right. Just because it's so weird, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's I good. Um, I think one of, one of my favorite things about like my production company, my, and, and, and the guys that I get to work with, and the reason that I, that I work with them and, a lot of it is because um, you know we're not we're not chasing any sound or anything like that. We're not trying to sound like anything that's already out. We're not trying, and not to be different. We don't, you know, I don't like being different for the sake of being different. But I think one of the cool things about the people I get to work with is that they they're on board with just making music for the sake of making music. If that makes sense, just letting it feel good and and, and doing what what the song is asking for, what we feel the song is asking for, and just going with it. You know what I mean? And committing it and um, I feel like I don't know if it puts us a step ahead or a step behind, but I feel like it's just us, you know. And, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a, it's kind of a cool, it's kind of a cool thing. That song ended up being super cool, though. Um, right. So, man, um, before we get really into this thing, I um, I do a little bit of research before we do any podcast here. So I went on like all your third line production, all that, and 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 really stalked your profile and stuff just to get a couple of notes so I know really who I'm talking about. And, yeah. Um, so you, before you were um, the owner of Third Line Productions and bass guitarist for Riley Green, you actually had a couple of jobs under your belt. You, you were a banker, a marketing coordinator, and the one that stuck out to me were, was a cheerleading program assistant and a cheerleading instructor. So you, <laughs> did you do cheerleading in high school? Is that what happened? No, nah, no, nah, I cheered in college. College. Fun, man, you actually did your homework, too. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, um, so like when I was in college, I just come from Berkeley College of Music, like for one semester. I was there one semester before I realized it was cold and I couldn't afford it. Um, but um, oddly enough, yeah, like I ended up at Belmont University. I should, I should tell you how much yeah I couldn't afford Berkeley is that Belmont was a more affordable office. Um, right. But um, but like I ended up at Belmont and and uh, my roommate coming in. So like long story short, or long story kind of long still. Whatever, um, man. We have all the time in the world. You go ahead and tell it. So, like, when I was in high school, like, my mom, like, signed me up for a whole bunch of advanced classes and all that just mm. because, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe she felt like she had something to prove, like, that's something for, you know, uh, first generation and all that. But, um, but, like, I, I kept doing all these, like, classes and then, like, one of my buddies, uh, William, he, he ended up graduating high school with an associate's degree. My mom was like, well, if he did it, you should be able to do it. And I was like, Okay, so she signed me up for a whole bunch of college classes. Needless to say, when I got to Berkeley College of Music my first semester in college, I already had an associate's degree um, from Navarro College in Texas like a month before I graduated high school. And um, it's kind of how I ended up being a banker, like, you know, before my freshman year of college. And it's like, anyways, so when I got to Belmont, I was in senior housing. Like, I was in, like, you know, junior and senior housing. Mm. Um, and and uh, a buddy of mine was a... Uh, or the guy that I ended up rooming with, Tony Steiner, was a cheerleader at Belmont. And uh, and he told me, like, man, don't do it. And then, you know, really cute girl right. comes up and she's like, hey, man, you know, you should try out for cheerleading. She didn't say it like that, but she's like, hey, you should try out for cheerleading. I was like, look, I ain't never done that in my life. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and she's like, 
you know, it get puppy dog eyes, like, okay, whatever, I go try out. The reason I did it was because I didn't make it, and I got kind of, like, mad that, like, I got, like, really mad that, like, it was, like, cheerleading and I didn't make it, so I ended up going and lifting all bunch of weights, coming back, mm-hmm. didn't make it again. God, like, dude, I'm talking about, like, I was, like, dude, like, you know, it, it became a competition at that point, and third time around, like, in the same year, but third time around, I ended up getting a call from the coach, um, work my way up from being the smallest guy to eventually coaching a squad and coaching for UCA, which is, like, the biggest cheerleading company in the world. Right. Um, well, varsity, but, you know, they're whatever they own each other or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so, I, I, yeah, I did. I did that and started my first business out of it. I started my first business, Amp Cheer Mixes, um, out of cheerleading because, I mean, like, there wasn't a lot of people that were just, like, heavy in the music and the cheerleading world. I mean, there is, but not a lot. And um, and so I saw, like, an opportunity there, kind of like a need. Like, all business is just, like, building a need, you know what I mean? Like, what does somebody need? And then doing it. But um, but I, I learned how to make cheerleading remixes and ended up... I was talking about, like, there was, dude, there was some good months in it. Like, there was some good months where I made some pretty good money. Um, got to travel. I think all the way up to Ireland, like, coaching and, and you know, had, like, international clients with amateur mixes and it was kind of a cool thing um but yeah like i think eventually that led to me doing an original music um project for a video game company out of switzerland they wanted music for a video game so some some of my buddies in, in in texas i got them to help me out and um and we uh, we put out 24 original tracks for this video game. I don't think the video game ever came out, but still, it was like one of those things where I was like, okay, right, right. this original music thing. Like, I can't, I can't make. I mean, like that's always been my biggest fear with with music is like not fear, but like re- reality is like you know it isn't the easiest thing to just like break an artist or break a song. It, it's work, you know, it's a lot of work. And so, like you know, I saw kind of like an uh, an opportunity there. And I started doing more original stuff, and, and that kind of led to me being like, okay, I, I don't know if I really, if this cheer music thing is what I want to do long term, you know what I mean? You can't own, like, you can't own a piece of that in the future. Like, once you remake it, that's all you did, you know what I mean? So, like, there's no residual, there's no, there's no back end, there's no mailbox money, so. Anyways, like, long story short, um, I keep saying that, but it's never a long story short. Um, but yeah, so... So I did. I, I coached cheerleading. It, it, it did um, influence like the path that I ended up taking with business and with music and stuff like that. Um, and I guess eventually I started third line production because I wanted, you know, I wanted something to funnel every everything original that I did. You know, I didn't know what I was gonna do back then. I just knew that I was gonna do things. You know what I mean? So start kind of like an umbrella company that kind of encompasses it and kind of stayed that way. Right. And so you picked up a camera and then... You yeah. Could, because you decided to merge visual aesthetics with music production and then you, you said that you believe in making things look better than real life. Um, so what yeah. made you want to pick up um, a camera, was it? Because you couldn't, your, your, your production company couldn't afford a photographer or what was it? Was it just a passion? More than, more than, man, I'll be honest, it was more than not being able to afford, because, like, what I was doing back then was still the need, you know, um, me and my buddy Stu, uh, right. I was crashing on his couch when I came back to Nashville the second time around, 
um, I was crashing on Sue's couch, like, and, you know, I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to bomb, so, like, I knew that he was doing some production stuff like that, and so, like, you know, I was, I was throwing a little bit of gas for, for a month to, to stay there, but, like, really, like, I felt like where I was trying to add value was with, with music production and stuff like that, and I saw that mm-hmm. he had, um, he had a video that he was working on that ended up taking, like, two years, literally two years to, to get back to the client because, you know, it just, you know, between back and forth and between him being out and between, you know, like the video guy having other things he needed to get done and all that, like, I realized, like, okay, there's a need for this video thing, you know what I mean? Like, we need videos. And then I realized, too, that there's, like, this high demand for, like, online content, which anybody can shoot a video, but how many people can shoot a video you know, with, with, with nothing, you know what I mean, like, with, mm-hmm. with one camera, with, you know, and, and, and more, more and more guys now, but, you know, back then, like, it, we seem to think that you had to have a whole video crew to get, like, any videos done, um, so it was really just filling in the need there, and, you know, one video leads to another, and, you know, ended up kind of liking it, one video, I actually started doing video with my DSLR before I started doing, um, photos, Right. I owned a camera, but like, you know, someone found out that I had a camera and like I was doing these videos and they were like, hey, you know, you, you think you can shoot some photos? I mean, I was like, I mean, I could, yeah, I mean, I've never been one to say I can't do something. I mm-hmm. just figured it out. So like, you know, like go watch all bunch of Peter McKinnon videos on YouTube and um, some other guys and like learn what an F-stop is. I actually just put out a blog post on, on my company, um, on my company blog, the thirdlineproductions.com. Um, but I just put out a blog post about, like, the three essential things that I feel like every uh, everybody with a camera needs to learn in order to shoot some photos. Um, but, like, I just decided, like, these are the things that kind of, like, you know, I was looking up back then. And so I recently just put a post out. And I'm going to start putting out some more, man, because I feel like there's so much knowledge out there. And, and, uh, and people are looking for it, you know. People want information. And. If I can help somebody else pick up a camera, I think that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, as we speak, I'm actually looking at these um, the, these pictures that you have taken. You can go to thirdlinesproduction.com and click on the tab that says photography. He has like uh, Riley Green, Ryan Nelson, Asher Cataldo, uh, Muscadine Bloodline. One that kind of popped out to me was kind of like Sweet Leah because uh, one of the girls from Sweet Leah was on the Bobby Bone Show here a, c- a couple of weeks ago. And I thought that mm-hmm. was, I thought that was pretty cool. And his, yeah, he's actually pretty good at what he does. He's not lying. Like you got Ray's Rowdy, which is one of the biggest country, one of the one of the big country um, news article places here. Uh, well, in Nashville. yeah, those guys are awesome. So yeah, th- th- he is. He's actually a legit, um, a legit photographer. And I will put the Third Lines production in in, in the description here um, when we're done. But yeah, man. So you did photography. So. We're good. Let's go back a little bit. You are from Texas. You're a Texas native that moved to Nashville. Yeah. What was it Texas like growing up? And what was it like growing up in Texas and then moving to Nashville? Uh man, it was so. It was an easy transition because between Texas and Nashville was Boston, and like Boston was so out of my out of my realm that when I got back to Nashville, it kind of felt like home. Oh. You know what I mean? It was the right. South. There was sweet tea. Um, you know, there was, a uh, summer, you know, no, there was summer in Boston, the problem was there was no air conditioning in Boston, 
But, um, but yeah, man, like, Texas, like, you know, I spent the first 18 years of my life there, and I, I still miss it, and I love it. But, like, at this point, like, I've been in Nashville for so long, it's kind of, it's kind of growing on me. It really grew on me early on, just because, like, when I first moved here, man, it really did kind of feel like Texas. It kind of did feel like a small town. Um, it's grown a lot, you know, and, and, um, and it's gotten a lot bigger, and there's a lot more buildings, and, and, you know, things are a lot more expensive, but when I first moved here, you know, it was, it felt a lot like home, and, and so I think it's kind of kept that vibe for me, um, but yeah, we actually, we actually played a show out there not too long ago with Josh Abbott, and I got to see my, uh, I got to see my whole family, they all came out, and, you know, that was, that was a good time. Right, so you move to Nashville, you're grinding, you're grinding, you're grinding for five years, and then you leave because nothing works out. You go back home. So obviously you're going through a depression at this point, probably, I would say, because you're just like, you know, you move out here to live a dream and then nothing's happening, you're, you're fed up, you're aggravated, and you finally just give up and you move back home. So what was, how, how did you handle that defeat? I mean... Well, like, I don't know if I call it a depression, because, like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever really just been depressed. Yeah. You know I mean, I've been down. But, um, and, and, and I don't know if there was a, you know, I, I didn't move back because I wanted to. Like, I moved back because I didn't have anywhere else to go, really. Right. Like, it, 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 I couldn't figure it out at the time. Like, it was, I was, you know, it, it was at a, I was kind of at a crossroads, like, you know, um, do I stay where I'm at and, and keep, you know, like I was, I was at a dead end. You know, I felt like I was at a dead end. Right. And so sometimes, you know, when you get to a dead end, you just got to turn around. And, and um, so I never felt like I was giving up per se. Like I just felt like I had to figure out something else. And and really, what Texas was for me, like when I moved back, was an opportunity to kind of like regroup, regather my thoughts. You know, like get away from, get away from, um, you know. Like, I was reading this thing the other day that's, like, talking about, like, how your cells, like, they they either go, like, they can either do one of two things. They can grow or they can go in protective mode. You know what I mean? Like, if you're getting right. chased by a lion, for instance, like, in nature, you're not going to, you're not going to sit there and, and, and grow. You know what I mean? You're not going to, like, your body's not going to sit there and worry about your immune system and, like, you know, you're going to go in protective mode and, and stress and all that, you know, so... Like, basically what I did was I just had to take take a step back and, and say, like, okay, I'm still young, you know, young enough at least, you know, and, and mm-hmm. um, move in with my, you know, move in with my parents for, for uh, I think it ended up being, like, about a year that I was down there, and, and um, it was just an opportunity to kind of be like, okay, I tried this, I tried this, I tried this, I tried this, that didn't work, these are the things that worked. Let me reassess. It just kind of let me put myself in a in a state of you know a state of positivity and, and relaxation and you know like get to experience the mom's cooking again and, and so like yeah it, it was an interesting time man it was an interesting time but I, I don't know if it was ever defeat or just really just kind of like regathering you know what I mean like kind of like you can you can lose a battle but didn't necessarily lose a war kind of thing you know what I mean right so. But, you go back to Nashville after you move back home about a year later, and you start the Third Lines Productions. And then you start playing bigger shows than you did beforehand. So what was your motivation between starting this 
production company, Third Lines Productions? Um, I started Third Line like halfway through my hiatus back to Texas, I think. Um, it was one of those things where uh, the company, I wanted it to be, I wanted to have something that was mine. I wanted to have something that I could push original content through and I wanted it to be something that I was proud of. Um, so when I when I created Third Line, I was actually still in Texas and then when I came back to Nashville and I was, you know, and I was passing on my buddy Stu's couch, um, Stu Stapleton, he's actually like an incredible keyboard player, uh, so I don't follow him, but, um, but I started, um, I moved in with Stu and while I was there is when I was really trying to push more original content and really, that's when we started collaborating on some videos and, and things like that. The bigger shows didn't come until like, you know, a couple years after that, I'd say. You know, it was, it was, um, and even then they weren't bigger shows, you know what I mean? Like, I remember when I started with Riley, like, we were, we were driving in an SUV, like, to get to the gig, and before we got to the SUV or the trailer, we were, you know, the band guys were driving three, four hours from Nashville just to get to his house. And it was, I mean, it was because we saw, like, you know, we saw a lot of potential, and, and it was steady work. And, and um, I mean, and you just meet the guy for the first time, you know, he's going to be you know what I mean? So, so, like, the bigger shows didn't come until, until later, I would say. Like, mm. you know, it wasn't until, like, what, like, uh, maybe, like, a year and a half ago that he signed his record deal and, and all that. So, um... But like yeah, like in the meantime, like I just I don't like being still, man. I don't like being still. So I, right. I think that's when Third Line I really started to create a foundation for it. Created a website, you know, started making music, started making videos, created a YouTube channel, and, and all that. Um, and even early on, man, like you know, like when we would go play these shows, I would bring my camera and I would I would shoot. Like there was one time I literally shot footage while I was on the stage playing bass. Um, but just to get more content out there, you know what I mean? Like, uh, just to get more, more things and, you know, help, help out however I could. But, but yeah, so it's kind of, it's kind of, I guess, like the evolution would be, you know, Texas to, to Nashville, started next year mixes and, um, you know, was coaching and then ended up moving back to Texas, started third line productions, came back, build, 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 joined on with, with Riley and then, you know, things are where they're at now where I've been able to meet more more people that I enjoy working with and and more people to collaborate with and just I mean, I've met some of the greatest people just throughout the stand and, and throughout some of the shows we played, you know. So I wanna you, you mentioned something you, you you don't like sitting still. Now that I started this podcast, I feel the same. Like I feel if yeah. if, if 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 I'm not working on the podcast while I'm not working on it, then I'm just being lazy and I'm and I'm not giving my best effort to it. So do you find it when you finally get an off day? Like I had this past Saturday and Sunday off. I did it on purpose because I booked all throughout like August. So I'm like I'm not gonna have any days left. So I was like I'm gonna chill out, go watch a movie. You know I'm gonna do all this, and then. I start not feeling good. As soon as Saturday hits, <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, man, I'm sick. Like, I finally just crashed and slept yeah. till 8 o'clock. And I'm like, yeah. man, do, do you ever feel that way? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I guess, you know, even even being on the road, when we have downtime and things like that, I try not to, I try not to sit still for too long because, um, you know, 
it's just, I, it's just in me like that. But, um, but like for instance, like the past couple weeks, you know, I think last Monday was the first day we had it down in a week, and we were in town for like, you know, 19 hours. You know, got back on the bus, headed back out, and uh, didn't get back until like 11 o'clock last night from Boston. Um, and so like, or it was probably like 10 o'clock. Got home around 11. Um, and this is my off day, you know what I mean? And, and I don't know if it's really worked. But I think, the, I think the, the, what I've been able to do to balance that, you know, is, is being to just do things that I love to do and try to try to live off of that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like getting a job to me would be laziness, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm being honest, like, I know that sounds really weird, but, like, I feel like getting a job, like, a nine-to-five would be laziness for me because, you know, then I only work eight hours a day, you know, and right now it's probably more than that, but I love what I do, so there's a give and take, you know what I mean, I love what I do, I, I, I get to take, you know, photos, and I get to make videos, and I get to make music, and so like a lot of times, you know, I, I'll put it this way, like this whole summer, um, any day that I've had in town, um, I've either been producing a, a record, or producing an EP, or uh, doing a photo shoot to promote them or doing a video and when I'm out on the road if I'm not you know creating content I'm you know writing a blog or right making, uh, you know so, so like right right so like that's kind of how I balance it though but yeah man, I mean I, I can't sit there and watch a movie we, I, I think I did go to a movie you know, like, a, like a week ago we were out on, on the road and, and Brad invited everybody out to the movies and, but um but I think I, I, I slept through it because it was like midnight, and I think I fell asleep, you know. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was a good ending. I think that. <laughs> what movie was it? Do you remember? Not tell you. We went to go watch Spider Man, dude. I liked it. Holy I mean, I know, crap. like it was young. I think they're I think they're redoing the brand. I, I feel like they're redoing the brand to yeah, man, the, to, what cater to like a younger audience. You what know the, what they're doing is actually I, I'm a big superhero nerd, so we're kind of going down a spiral here. Um. Yeah. But, so when Tobey Maguire, when because that's to me that's my Spider-Man is Tobey Maguire, the old the two thousand stuff. But that yeah. was so Spider-Man is a, is 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 Marvel. Like there's Marvel and DC, and Spider-Man is Marvel. Yeah. But at one yeah. point, Fox owned Spider-Man and Fantastic Four. So those older mm-hmm. movies that you see with Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, and then it's like um. Chris Evans as the, uh, the the Fantastic Four, that was actually owned by Fox, and those apparently are not good. So Marvel took Spider Man and just re put it into the actual comics. Like now it's actual yeah. comic based. It's this. It's that. So really, they're they're, yeah. they're really re redoing it for the Marvel brand. So it's kind of like the other Spider Mans never existed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think I think it's a cool thing what they're doing because you know realistically, like we grew up on like when Iron Man came out and stuff like that. I don't right. know if we grew up, but like it was a big part of of, right. of us, like of our generation, like the Iron Man all the way through the Avengers all the way through Infinity War. And I think you know it's kind of cool to see them take it a step back and say, okay, let's go back to the youth because like you know these are you know like you know they they they're high school humor and stuff like that so I, I think it's cool though I think they're doing a cool thing and, and like I like the life that Marvel puts in the movies man like they do a good job like that that last Infinity uh, that last Infinity Wars man like that one was 
it was cool, man. Like as an artist, as a creative, like it was cool to see how they how they managed to create this like sense of honesty and the sense of uh, you know, it's it just a lot that. And they yeah, also they also put every every superhero that we know of right now into that movie and made everybody work. Like nobody had too too much of lines, too little of lines. It was all point together perfectly. Yeah. So have you seen the new? The, did you watch the Avengers Endgame? Did you watch that yet? That's the one I was talking about. The Endgame. That's the that's the one that I was talking about. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. You know. Right. So are are you like a? Um, superhero fanatic like like i'm not i'm not a comic book person i've never read a comic book in my life but i love yeah. the movies and i've watched them since they've started really and it was a, that surprise ending which i don't care it's, it's been over with where, where, where iron man dies that um that was a shock because you, you know what i mean we were <laughs> hey, all, someone's gonna listen to that and be so mad man dude i don't care I, I don't care <laughs> I don't no care. yeah that was a shock I mean, it was shock, but it was it was it was, it was, it was appropriate, you know. You know, um, he and, started the whole thing, kidding? right? And 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 I guess in a way he ended it because that that's that's it for like Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and, and, and that's it for the for the main guys. But yeah, what I see is Infinity War. I, I liked Endgame. I watched Endgame twice in theaters, even though it being three hours to me, it didn't feel that long. Um, no. But, it, I mean, honestly, like, I looked at my watch, and it started, like, I don't know. We watched it opening night, and we had, yeah. like, bottom seats. But the good thing is the seats reclined, so I was able to actually enjoy and see the screen. And then I looked at my watch, and it started, like, 7 o'clock, and then I looked, and it was over with. And I was like, are you it? That's it? Like, it, like it could have went on another hour or two, and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have complained. Um, yeah. But to me, I think Infinity War is a superior movie. Um, I don't think Endgame was as good as Infinity War because of the shocking ending that Infinity War had, but I do believe that Endgame was a great one, just not as great as Infinity War. I mean, I know I know it's going to have a lot of everybody's going to have opinions, like everybody has armpits. We all have them. <laughs> I liked it, man. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was powerful, man. Like they were, they were really putting the message across, and like you know. Um, I think there's a lot of people in, in this generation that have probably struggled with the whole, like, identity thing. Right. Like, you know, trying to be, you know, they really put a point across, like, you know, uh, when Thor got that final line and, and, and all that. And, and even when Captain America, you know, picks up the hammer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are things. Man, that, you just gave me chills, are, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, they're, they're sending across a message, man. And I think even at the end, like, whenever... He gives away the shield. I think they're sending a message, and and, and it was cool though. Like they didn't do it like in your face, political. Yeah. No. You know, like Star, like the last Star Wars, I felt like they were kind of like trying to be like in your face, political, trying oh, to make really? you a vegan. You know what I mean? But um, I don't. I've never seen Star Wars, so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So like, it's cool to see people just just do something in, in a genuine way and honest way. It's not you know invasive in someone else's like beliefs and stuff like that. But they just. They're saying what they're saying, man, and I respect someone that has an opinion. Exactly. I've always thought, you know, it's cool when, when people have an opinion, but it's educated, you know, and, and they share it, and, and, you know, they listen, and, and that's kind of, I don't know, man, there's, no, I could go on a lot of tangents. I could go on a lot of tangents. No, I, I understand, like I understand what you're saying, but 
one last thing here, and and, 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 and I want to drift off the, the superheroes because we didn't come here to talk superheroes, but one thing that I liked about that no one liked was that Thor was fat in this one. And, you know, why I liked it, man, why I liked it, man, and to everybody listening, is because I'm a heavier set person than most. Like, yeah. And to me, it was kind of cool to finally see a fat superhero that was taken serious. Like, we had... Finally, the black people's got got, a, got finally got a superhero, Black Panther. That was they they've got one, and they can look up to that instead of saying, "Man, why is Captain America not black?" Well, they now have Black Panther, and to me, it's kind of like, you know, I'm not I'm not as jacked up as Chris Evans or, or or Robert Downey Jr., but that Thor, I can relate to that Thor. Yeah, it, it was it was just one of those things, and then, you know, I think Ant Man. Yeah, yeah, and, I mean it. And again, you know, I'm just glad that they didn't, like, try to make a political statement like that. It was like, he, he let himself go because he was, you know, he was in a depression and right. he was in a funk. And he let himself go. And yeah, man, like, it's cool that they also didn't just, like, magically make him skinny again whenever yeah. he, you know, gets the lightning going through and all that. But, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool, man. Like, they just, they made a very honest movie, I thought. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of what I, what I'm, I'm drawn to when it comes to art, you know? Mm-hmm. So, 10 years ago, man, or almost 10 years ago, you launched Third Lions Productions. When you, let's say you launched it at 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning, 2009. It's 7.50, 7.55. The the seconds are ticking. You feel every second. What are you feeling the day of the launch? When I launched Third Lion? Yeah. Man, like I'll be honest, I've never, I've never gotten like that. Like, it was probably more like six or seven years ago, I think, because it was after I was still in college okay. in two thousand nine. But yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, to be honest with you, like, it, one of the one of the things that made me really, really productive, I feel, is, is that I just do things because they got to get done. You know what okay. I mean? And right. so, like, if I see something's got to get done, I just do it. So like I was really excited when I got my logo back. I was really excited when I put, you know, when I when I submitted a, you know, um, kind of like a vision to to a logo, you know, to a logo designer. And I was really excited when I finally got back, you know, a, a deliverable. I was really excited whenever, you know, I clicked. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I probably was excited when I clicked, clicked publish on the website for the first time, even though like it was only like five percent of what it is now right and um you know you know there, there has been excitements throughout like celebrations but i've never been like anticipating those things it's like once i get them done it's more of a relief and that's kind of like the the feeling that i strive for when i work for something is that relief once it's done um so like i think you know when i six seven years ago when i did launch third line production the, the biggest joy was that relief that came from saying, like, I did this, I got this done. And, and you know, even this year when I launched my store for the first time, um, you know, there's a collection of, I, I can't tell you how many photos I've taken throughout my life, but, like, the ones that are on, um, so, like, on, on the website, thirdlineproduction.com, there's a tab that says print. And it's basically, like, a gallery of some of my favorite work that I've made available for print. And when I finally created that store, and because I mean, like that wasn't the that wasn't the first draft. Like that was probably like the third or fourth draft of of attempts at creating, you know, this model. 
but when I did those things, like, there was an excitement there to be able to finally say, like, I did it. I got it done. And my celebrations are really, like, you know, a day where I just chill, you know what I mean? Like, I work, yeah. like, three, four, five, six months, like, stretches, and then whenever I finally feel like I accomplished, like, that last goal, like, that's my celebration is just, like, I relax, maybe, you know, maybe have some friends over and just, you know, grill out or something, and you know. But, um, but like, I don't think, you know, I've never anticipated, like, been, like, excited, like, I finally get to do this. It's more so, like, okay, I've crossed all my T's, dotted all my I's, like, published. Boom. Right. And, and there's, like, a relief. That's, that's, that's the feeling I get. That's the feeling I get is, is, is relief, you know? Because... <clears throat> mainly the planning is over. Even though there's more stressful months ahead, you, 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 you're still done with trying to figure <laughs> out what all this is about. Like, what, what do I really want to yeah. do? What? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah, man, like, you know how it goes. Like, I mean, after I left the door, you know, I, I thought, oh, man, once I launch the store, like, I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's going to make X amount of dollars a month if I sell this many pants. Dude, it didn't. You know what I mean? And, and and what you learn is, okay, there's more work to do. You know what I mean? And what you learn is, okay, there's more work to do. And then after that, you figure out what it is that you actually have to do. And then you do it. And then you have another day, you know, four, five, six months down the road where you celebrate again. And so, like, it, it, it's, um, those are, those are the, those are the, the moments that I look forward to is, is well, now I kind of, like, learn to appreciate all of it because it's all kind of part of the process. But, but yeah, man, like, you're going to, like, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, if you're a, you know, uh, musician trying to launch their own career or a creative trying to launch it, like, that's really, like, the things that you're going to face is, like, okay, I put it out and then, oh, okay, what do I, what do, I do now? Because obviously right. just putting it out wasn't enough. And so, like, that's kind of what... I'm focusing my brand on now is, is helping other people and artists like figure out okay once I do these things uh, I like to call it like artist branding complication you know what I mean like okay so like if I'm going to put out a single what's my goal with it and then if I'm going to get a photo shoot why am I getting a photo shoot I'm going to do a video why am I making that video right you know and these are all the things that I'm at like because you have to ask yourself and so I started you know um I started basically taking taking requests now to to help artists like brand themselves it's like figure out what the things that they need are and figure out how to get them done and and um so like you know i got some guys that are that are that are my own um artistry going into and then there's some people that just you know want to know information but um but i think it's i think you know that's that's the that's the that's the goal with with a lot of the things that I'm doing now is, is helping uh, companies and, and and artists and individuals kind of brand themselves um, and figure out how you know because I, I I spend enough time trying to figure it out for myself and I'm still trying to figure it out you know what I mean. So you said lost the store. What do you mean? Like lost it financially? Lost it or just no launched. Launched. Okay, I thought you were saying lost. I was like, man, I want to know how you lost the store. Well, that, that, that was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> That'd be a good story too. Yeah. That'd be a good story too. 
Apologize. No, when I launched it, yeah. <laughs> a little anticlimactic there. Uh, so, <laughs> Third Lions, what does that mean, Third Lions? Why, um, why, why not Second Lions? Why not Fourth? Why Third? <laughs> so, I put, a, I put a post up recently, and, um, and it goes a little more detailed. Okay. Um, I think it's like, you know... On the on the on the blog tab or on the website, like there's a there's a story like why a third line or, or why I started third line something like that. Um, but basically, like I wanted to pay I wanted to pay homage to to my grandfather. On my, like I never met my grandfather on my dad's side. I'm all hundred percent a third. Yeah, that's that's. Um, and so when I when I was in I guess having never met. My grandfather's always been kind of like that. He had to, I mean, the way I say it, he had to have been a good man if, if you know, my dad came came from him. But, uh, you know, my dad, he lost his he lost his dad when he was 12 years old. And um, ended up out of work, like, you know, worked like a grown man in Mexico. You know, there was no, mm. like, I think now there's more stuff. But there, there was no benefits or anything like that back then. And so he had, you know, 11 siblings, um, and he was 12 years old, having, you know, having to work like that. He was the second oldest, so him and his brothers, you know, he really took the lead. And, and, and my dad moved to the U.S. when he was 17, um, illegally. He turned legally because he was buying someone else's papers, but, you know, he, he got a citizen. He's got his residency within a year being here, was, you know, the whole time he was, he was paying taxes and all that, and, and ended up getting a citizenship, and, and, um, you know, these are all things that, like, you know, he was, when he, while, he, while he was a kid, you know, he was he was helping his family, and, and when he moved here, he was able to send money back. And so I just got a tremendous respect for my dad. I got a tremendous respect for, you know, um, for the grandfather, like, for my grandpa I never met. You know, I just heard stories about him. I think, you know, I think he was he was an incredible guy. But, um, but yeah, I mean, third line, I was, I don't know if that makes me a lion, but I definitely think that the ones before me were. So, right. Um, that's kind of where that's kind of where the, that, that that's exactly where the name came from. And, and uh, so, like, if you look in the logo on the lion, uh, his mane has like three. Uh, it's the Roman numeral three embedded into the lion's mane. Um, but that's kind of how that was my way of of uh, kind of paying an homage to the you know. I'm paying homage to them. I, I got a good family. I love my family. Right. And so, um, it was kind of just a, an opportunity to, to, to show that, you know what I mean? Like, so, in 2017, you joined uh, Riley Green's band. How did that come about, meeting Riley Green and joining the band? Yeah, uh, back then, I was working with, we got, one of, we got three guitar players. One of them is uh, an ox player. But so like two two full like full on guitar players and and uh, and another one like our band has a lot of guitar players. The one over on my side is Ben. Um, ben Miller, I've known him for a long time. He's a good buddy of mine, and mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, back then I had I had gotten to know Ben through through my buddy Stu, and then um, you know we did this we did this like rock opera gig together. I remember going in the where he was working, he was like, Hey man, uh he was like, How busy are you right now? I was like, Well no not not very busy, you know what I mean? At the time I was, you know, just trying to build a brand and, right. and trying to make money wherever I could. But um 
But I was like, man, I'm, I'm not really just playing a lot. Like, what's up? And, uh, and he said there was this rock opera thing called Tapestry Opera. I ended up, like, doing that gig. And, and um, it was it was crazy, man. Like, it was, it was advanced music. And, you know, we were playing, like, Beethoven and, you know, whatever. Like, right. Mozart on, on, on the electric bass. You know what I mean? Like, so, it, it, was, it, was, a, it was a different gig. But, um, but that's where I had gotten to work with him once. And, and um, you know, he had come over to the house and, and done some some demos and stuff for me and on on guitar and, and so anyways um whenever he he heard about uh he heard about really Tyler Galloway the other guitar player on the other side with all tattoos um and uh Tyler had joined on before us and uh, and then Ben came along and then you know I got a call and then um we had we had a we had a different set then. Quinn the drummer was already there. Um, Quinn has been there for the longest. And then Tyler, Ben, Ben called me, and then uh, we lost our aunt guy day around uh, I don't know, like a year and a half ago. And then um, Rob joined the Ox guy, and so it's been the same group. It's been the same group for the past like year and a half. But yeah, that's kind of how it came about. So, Riley Green really was an independent artist until this. There was this girl song came along. So, this year it it, it was number one for you guys, for you Alejandro and Riley. And and I wonder, and I don't want to be a dick when I say this, or I'm just trying to say it as best as I can. When you get a number one song for with with it, as a band, you're a band, and he's just. You know, it's it's not the Riley Green band; it's Riley Green. Is it a big accomplishment that you feel for the band, even though you you didn't write it? I mean, how does it feel within the band when you get a number one song, when the artist gets a number one song? Yeah, I mean, it's still an accomplishment. Like we were in a music video too. Like that was Riley's right. always been Riley's always been really good to you know really good to us. He he takes good care of us, and and so. Um, even when the music video, you know, so, you know, you sign, you know, like anybody in town, they sign a record deal, like, you know, the, the record label is going to call their producers and they're going to call the, their guys and, and, and like, you know, even like, so, so I know from, from my end, like whenever I have an artist that I'm working with and I'm producing them, I call my boss, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I know, I know what they're going to work like and when we have a day in the like a lot of people don't realize like you don't get that many days in town when you're on the road and so like you know like I know like whenever I call my group is not a is not a downplay on anybody else like it's it's more so um getting the job done the best that you can for the client um with the resources you have with the time allotted and, and things like that so you know um you know we didn't we didn't write the song and and, and anything like that um but it you know it, it's still a great, I mean, it's still a big sense of accomplishment, man, because, you know, like, I remember when, when we joined, um, I remember, I remember being in, in an audience where, like, well, not being in an audience, but I remember playing a show where the audience was, you know, two, three hundred people, and then, like, four or five months later, when we played the same venue, it was about, you know what I mean, and I remember right. those things. And I remember the impact that, that we made as a live band, and, and when you and when you do play in a live band, man, like you know, the coolest feeling in the world is is whenever 
you come on a stage and uh, and, it, and it's it, and the crowd is you know they're there and they're, and they're they're listening, but when you leave the stage, they're yelling. You know what I mean? Right. And um and so like we we have a sense of ownership, like I think in in drawing in reactions live and, and things like that. So yeah, man, it's it's still. It's still a sense of accomplishment, um, you know, because at the end of the day, people listen to it on the radio and they listen to it and things like that, and 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 they and they love it. Then they come to be alive, and you know, I think that they gain a whole different level of, of love and respect for it. So it's 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 a, it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. I mean, we're with Brad right now, so that's kind of fun. That's really fun, actually. I mean, I think we, you know, I think we did a. Uh, we did a show with, uh, with, um, man, we've done some cool ones. Like, we played with Alan Jackson. We've done some with, uh, Brett Michaels. Um, some of the coolest ones have been, I mean, some of the funnest shows with a little club gig we've done, like, early on. Um, where, you know, you just, you just make a lot of memories that way, man. But we, we played some pretty cool ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the road right now is Brad Paisley, so that's pretty fun. What, um, what's Brad Paisley like? What's is he a cool guy? Oh yeah, he's one of the nicest guys, man. Really? He's one of the nicest guys, dude. Yeah, he like took us all like go kart racing once. Like it was cool. Really? Like he's yeah, dude, one of the nicest guys, dude. Best part about it, like you know, getting a getting a you know watch, watch a legend on stage, like that's cool. Like the second best part about it is like the cane. <clears throat> right, and and Brad's a big superhero fan as well, <laughs> so it'd be like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, man, as we wind down here, last couple of questions for you, man. Um, what are some of your favorite albums of all time? Oh man, some of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, I grew up on like Spanish rock, so like there was this band called. Uh, Mana back in the day, M A N A Mana. Um, man, I must have I must have wore that tape out. Um, there was this band like that I really listened to a lot when I was in high school called the New Frontiers. Okay. And uh, and they had a self titled uh, album that I mean I don't think they've been a band for like eight years, but I still listen to that thing like regularly. That was that was that probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Um. Man, I listen to, you know, um, some weird stuff, man. Like, there's this other band, This Will Destroy You. I listen to them, like, heavy. Uh, okay. As far as, like, uh, genre, I mean, I, I, I could go on, like, it, it had to be based on different genres. And all that. I mean, like, you're talking to someone who grew up on Celia Cruz, you know what I mean? Like, right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think, I think, um, those are, those are some of my favorite ones, man. It's like a, this will destroy you one. The um, the new frontiers, um, and uh, yeah, I could go on like I could go on on songs, but but uh, <laughs> but as far as albums, man, like I, I probably lose the them. So you are sponsored by NutraShop Mount Juliet. Explain what that is. What is, what is Mount? Juliet, a Nutra Shop, Mount Juliet. It's uh, it's those guys over at the Nutra Shop uh, in Mount Juliet, Tennessee. Okay. They're like um, 
<clears throat> they're probably like, you know, 15, 20 minutes outside of downtown. Um, but yeah, man, like, they, dude, I basically like those guys have, have been really cool with me. And, and, um, I've known them for a while. Um, but, um, but I've been going to them for, for my supplements for just for forever. Um, but, you know, I walked in the other day and they're like, hey, man, you want to be a part of this? I was like, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm down. Um, but, like, really, basically, it's just, you know, they, uh, they, they've always taken care of me, man, and so, you now we're just kind of spreading the love. But, yeah, hey, I think, like, if you go down there and you tell them that I sent you, uh, I think they give you a, I think they give you a little deal, so. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're good dudes, man. They're good dudes that, that uh, I've been I've been hitting heavy uh, on the on the Pro Seven the protein the the Pro Seven protein mm-hmm. and uh, there's this uh, there's this print workout called uh, Insane. I've been taking that lately too, and I tell you what, man, like that'll jack you up. Really? But um, yeah, dude, I mean sometimes I'll take pre workout before I get on stage. It's just good. But um, but yeah, that, yeah, there's some good dudes out there, man. I think they. Okay, man. Uh, so, end of the podcast, I usually um, let you plug whatever you want because you took. Um, I was able to take some of your time, so now you can take time off the podcast to plug whatever you want. Your socials, anything you got coming up? Yeah. Um, well, definitely. You know, definitely follow me on the Third Lion um, Instagram as well. I put a lot of photos up there, and, and the Facebook, the, the Instagram, and the Facebook are both. At third line photography, like the number three RD lion animal L I O N, and then photography. Uh, those are my Instagram, Facebook, and I got another Facebook. It's third line productions, and that's where I put more of the of the music and and the you know the, the stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, just um, if you go to the website, if you go to the website thirdlineproductions.com, three R D. L-I-O-N productions.com um, there's a couple different places on there where you can join the email list you do that then you know you can keep up with what we're doing I like to let people know when we're putting out new music or when we're putting out new, uh, new photos on the store and, and things like that um, or even just like your post um, you know if you if you do photography I try to put out a lot of helpful um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm putting out more helpful tips now I just feel like you know I got a lot of information that um, people like people ask me sometimes, and like they'll, they'll send me things like on on the DM, or like, hey, how do you do this? I think I just put it on a post, and that way, you know, people have it when they want to refer back to. But um, right. but yeah, so like you know, join the email list, man. I think I think that's um that's the easiest way to keep up to date with with what we're doing, as long as following the other stuff. Um, and then like really like uh, stay stay uh. Stay tuned for some music that we're bringing out here pretty soon. We just launched Austin Bishop's new single, Till the Day That I Die, uh, last week. I think it was last week. But uh, but that's a that, that's that's a killer song, man. And he's 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 a really good dude. He's got a show coming up August seventeenth um, down there in in Alabama. That if you're in that area, I think it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, my little brother's out there playing down swamp, but. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a really cool show. But, uh, but yeah, it's, listen to his, his uh his new single if if you're in the 
if you're into music and all that, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a good one, man. Like he's, he he kind of goes in depth in, in some of his story and and kind of, I mean, kind of put a little knot in my throat the first time I heard it. So so we got in a like literally like the day that I heard it, uh, we cut it the next day. You know, we we went to do that next day and cut it because it was just. I thought it was powerful, man, and I, I wanted I wanted him to be able to share that. But um, but yeah, man, go listen to that, and uh, and then you know I'll I'll I'll, I'll be sending out emails and all that whenever uh, whenever I got new stuff coming out. But yeah, man, I'll I'll, I'll send your personal uh, uh you know message or a text or whatever with with some some new music I'm, I'm working on right now. I think you're gonna dig some of it, but Zach. Uh, his EP is probably the next one to come out, and um, cool man. And Austin's new single, he's got another single coming out uh, next month too. So, so yeah, I'll send you some links, man. And it should be, it should be some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, man. Like I said, um, <clears throat> just let me know when you get everything out, and uh, I will uh, push it on here, and I will do a little advertising for free on here, and just say everybody go listen. But uh, Alejandro, man, I appreciate you doing this, dude. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. It's a it's a good thing you're doing, man. Keep the people informed. Here, host of the Hot Fox Podcast and producer of Big Shrimp Radio. Hey, 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 y'all, and it's Big Shrimp, host of Big Shrimp Radio of Big Shrimp Entertainment. Y'all like what you're hearing right now. If so, go follow us on our socials at I am Mr. Dylan Hodge at Hot Fox Podcast and Instagram. Also, Hot Fox Podcast Football Facebook. And I am at Big underscore Shrimp underscore ENT on Instagram. And at Big Shrimp Entertainment on a Facebook. Also, go give us a five-star review on where you listen to right now, Apple Podcast. Contact on good time.